Hey everybody, in this episode of Solana Made Easy, which is Easy Eats Bodega, Solana-focused Twitter Spaces show that happens Monday through Thursday, the big topic of discussion is the role of an advisor on a Solana project. What's the difference between an advisor, a consultant, and a promoter? The group dives into it and also talks about the hot projects on Solana, who's trading what, uh, and what the state of the market is. As usual, this content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your ftx mobile app what is going on solana ecosystem welcome back for another episode of solana made easy monday to thursday 5 p.m solana show about the market and trade talk what's happening what's going on how we're feeling about the market right now is not too pretty but man i'm hyped to be here shout out my lovely co-hosts po and running man and all the frequent speakers. Pio, how you I'm living? good. It's one of those days where it won't let me mute. So you're stuck with me being off mute. Oh, you're going to hear me right doing my dishes, and you're going to hear me, you know, uh, talking to my dog. Let the dog bark kick off. Let's go. <laughs> we love that. Running man, how, how you doing? How you living? How we doing, easy? Um, I'm damn bad. Um, I've been for a three-course meal and probably eaten too much. So I'm, um, yeah, a little bit lethargic. But um, I'm, I'm due a couple of days off. Things that I was doing every hour. God sends in Nifty last week. So, um, but yeah, happy, happy to, yeah, we're working, man. Yeah, we, yeah, we're working. You know, I'm a Nifty boy. So, um, yeah, but um, yeah, happy, happy to you know jump on whatever we're talking about today. So, yeah, looking forward to it. No, I mean, I'm definitely excited. There's certainly a lot to talk about. I did want to also call out. It looks like there's like a comment section for this space. I've never seen this before. This shit is crazy. I don't know if anyone else has seen this. It looks like, yeah, someone just said that they're bricked up for Alex. So that's cool, I guess. Uh, yeah, this is wild. I have no idea what to expect from this. Oh, but, man. man. What have they been saying about my English accent, easy? Oh, so just I wait. Seen... It's going gonna, it's gonna to pick up, I bet. I <laughs> so, hey, real quick, we got a couple things I want to talk about today for sure. I did also want to call out, Shillin, I love your spaces. I think you had one last night that was like probably one of the more fascinating spaces I've joined. Like, not even kidding. I thought it was awesome. Um, I'm going to see if I can even mute Pio here, but I don't think I can. Okay, he's going to rejoin. But, Chillin, you had a space last night where a project was on, and they were openly talking about their advisor rates. And to me, that was a really interesting conversation to have, and one that I was hyped to have like in a public setting, because it honestly put a lot more transparency on a lot of this stuff. Me, personally, like I guess you could say I'm a dumbass for never taking a deal, because it sounds like a lot more people than I realized have. But that was fascinating to me. It was just hearing the conversation and what people have done in the space, even with like NDAs behind closed doors and more. And I'm just very curious. I mean, like, I know we got a couple hands up, so I do want to pass to Alex. That's kind of where I wanted to start. Like, what are our thoughts on it? Alex, yeah, go ahead. I'm actually shocked that it's a surprise to you. But um, the amount was kind of surprising. because so they said 10K per month, which seems like awfully high for that, like quality of a project. But they did have a ton of VC funding. I did think that was one of the best spaces we've had, just like incognito type. And I, I, yeah, like I said, I'm just surprised you haven't got those types of offers. No, I mean, I've definitely gotten the offers. My DMs are swarmed with stuff, whether it's like, hey, can you retweet this? Even like stuff that's way more like intro into it is like, hey, do you do advising or consulting, which I always say no. But to me, what was interesting was hearing how some of these people have navigated it with like NDAs involved. And that clearly does uphold, I guess, to an extent. I've always thought, like, if some shit goes south, though, what's, like, what happens if one of these Anon projects just drops a name anyway? Like, to me, I don't know. Like, I'm just so hesitant to do these things because of the likelihood that they go south, especially on Seoul at the moment. Like, we see a lot of projects just give up. So, like, that's my big concern is, like, I don't want my name on something like that. And I don't have any issue with it. Like, marketing is a massive part of Web2. Billboards, commercials, advertisement, radio, TV, you name it. So this isn't surprising in that aspect, but it was surprising to me the scale that it sounds like some people are getting advising, consulting, and like marketing roles uh, that are from like an outside perspective. Running man, what's going on? I always remember something that um, actually PO tweeted, and something, something like, um, if you want, if you believe in Web three and you want to work in Web three, then do the work for free to start off with, and you know, do, you know, get get the grinding for free, and then prove prove that you can actually do it. And I'm in the same mind. I mean, you know, I I, I advise not projects that I actually believe in. And you know that have been struggling, and even if they offer to have ever offered to pay me, I'll always turn it down because I'm I'm actually trying to like you know prove concept to start off with because I believe I'm in here I'm here for a long time and you know 
But the amount, the amount of people who just 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 want to get a, a following ASAP by any means possible, and then just start, start grabbing any opportunity possible, and not even not even in projects that they actually believe in. Um, it is surprising to me. I mean, Alex has got a great following, but Alex, I ain't going to big him up too much. But he's obviously intelligent. You know, what I mean, it, you know, he doesn't fit that mold. But um, there's a lot of people out there just you know giving away NFTs, giving you know doing all these promos, this clickbait stuff. How am I geared up to advise projects just on that, you know, on that portfolio, basically? But I don't even think, like, I don't have a negative tonality toward it. Like, I look at it from, like, the internet and even before that, like, not the web. Advertisements are a part of everything. Like, so people who have reach and have exposure obviously carry a value because that means things that they share get seen by more people. So from that perspective, it makes sense. But it's just, like... I think the most surprising thing to me was how many people have been like, "Oh yeah, I've advised for this," and like yeah, much I mean, smaller the, size stuff. I, when when I'm talking about advising, which you know, promos and advising are classed as two different things. Yeah, advertising and pro- promotion is, I'd say, different to like advising the project on what they could do in Web three to actually like make their project better. And I, that's basically what I'm talking about: is the advising wrong more than yeah. you know, the promo. I like the separation there. I want to pass it to Shillin real quick, and then we'll hit Benny and Hoddle. I'm excited to hear kind of some thoughts on this. Yeah, man. Like, I think it's cool that you can work in Web3 and advise, but it also, like, dilutes your platform. So I see it, like, time and time again. You'll see, like, these promoters that were just, like, running nonstop promotions. They diluted their platform so much that they can no longer, like, promote projects. So now they've resorted to, like, advisor roles, and now they're, like, they're almost diluting that to the point that they can no longer even become advisors. And it's funny because... Like all these projects, they like, I'm sure they reach out to you easy. And it's like, they want to have good people, but then it's like, you know, you sound like you're not going to be able to take these roles because you're like, I guess you're trying to protect your brand, which is like more important than money to me, like than the short term cash grab. So like, if you can protect your brand, but also at the same time, promote something good, like that's, I think the route to take. Well, I think some of it also comes down to two, kind of to that point, like, there's opportunities that reach out and it's still always me just like I'm not doing this like I don't know how to really do this without a bias at some point and that's always my like issue is like then if there is ever a point where I feel comfortable talking to a project I almost don't ever want to talk about it again because then I feel like I'm shilling you know what I mean like that's the last thing I want is to feel like I'm like pumping something not because it's actually a good project or something I looked into but because I know someone somewhere and go ahead Alex and yeah I agree with you like I don't want to be the reason why someone like because I'm helping a project and I don't want to be the reason why they like it is because of me I want them to like the project because they like the project so you probably won't catch me showing like where I'm working but I did clarify it yesterday because I guess people are like getting sussed out like how the fuck is this guy online all the time but I got a permanent shit posting job yeah that's fucking amazing you're gonna crush that I don't think anyone doubts that so I'm, I'm gonna have to see how you handle it all Benny what's going on Yo, what's going on, Easy? To me, advising feels more like collab management because you're just getting the people connected to the right place, especially if you're working with a project. Because I feel like I've offered advising to numerous projects because I'm always available to like give free advice to projects, and I'm sure a lot of other people are. Like That's always available in the space. So it just feels more like collab management, in my opinion. Also, I got to say, this comment feature is popping. I love that there's like 34 comments. Um, shout out Twitter for adding this. Bro, they I'm had it so overwhelmed ago. by it. I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah, Where it feels it pretty, pretty overwhelming to me, for sure. On the advisor front, um, I feel like there was a lot of that on Ethereum in the earlier days. It's not really uh, present the same way that it, it was then. So it might be an indicator, you know, if... if Everyone on Seoul is starting to get exhausted with the whole advising thing. It might be an indicator of maturity in the market because at the end of the day, like with the Ethereum stuff, the core of the advisor role wasn't actually because you needed this person to advise. It was really more to get a, a relatively big name attached to a project so that the market would you know, find their association with it bullish and sell it out. But the reality is like the people that are behind the project should be able to get the project going without like quote unquote advisors. And if they aren't able to do that, then they're not qualified slash shouldn't be allowed to actually put a project out. Because when you think about, you know, the lump sum gain from the primary sale of any of these projects, and I realize, you know, Seoul, especially with the price right now, some people might think it's, you know, not that much money. But if one, two, three people rack up 
you know, close to $300,000, there's still some level of obligation afterwards if the project's being pitched, you know, as a non-art project. I mean, that's my two cents on it. And I wouldn't be surprised if over time you start to see that maturity in the soul market where it's just like, I don't give a fuck who an advisor is on the project, like who's making it. Well, the big thing too, Pia, is like these advisors are not even disclosed. Like that was one of the things that I was in conversation last night was they're signing NDAs and keeping it under wraps for both parties involved. And to me, that was like, oh shit. So like you're getting a bag, telling them how to tweet, telling them what to do, what to say and when. And that's like such a different dynamic to me. But then it's also like hearing that now I'm just like, shit, I don't know what's a shill from you and what's not because you have these things under wraps. Yeah, that's the part because then you just don't... I mean, this is all played out already. It's like the biggest thing in the NFT space, if you want to build an actual trustworthy brand and have like long-term... Uh, you know, viability in the space is to have that full disclosure policy because otherwise people just won't trust you and trust can be broken really, really fast. Like really just one fuck up will eliminate the market's trust in you. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's the biggest concern is if people are like tweeting about projects and trying to, you know, make it seem like they're just genuinely interested or they think that it's a good project. Like, you know, if you just saw something easy that you think is cool and you tweet about it, but then if it turns out that on the back end, you're getting a percentage of the primary sale or some other benefit that's like a huge problem bro i tweeted about balloonsville when it was just like minting it before it just because i actually fucked with the project and liked how it looked i got so many death threats and i never got a single dollar i think i lost, <laughs> bro, I think I lost like two grand from that project because i poured the shit out of them at like point three Yo, everybody's laughing, but it's actually like really not funny at all because yeah. the death threat thing like really isn't funny. Bro, Even it's just crazy. Now, Pio, we had, we, he had to get the nifty to come and defend him in the comments. I remember that one. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, the, people don't understand that it's not fun when you have like, you know, you just get to a certain point on Twitter and it's not even like me or easy are even that big on Twitter. So I can only imagine what people that have 5x the followings or 10x the followings get. But it's just not fun to get DMs from people that are like, you know, fuck you or just really any negative comment. And like, yeah, that's like what people don't realize is like if something like that happens where you just thought a project was good or you bought into something, somebody copy traded you nobody bats a thousand it went down and the person's basically like fuck you you suck it just it doesn't feel good i mean there's a sign that we've got in england you can be the you can be the best chair maker in the world but if you can't sell the chair nobody's ever going to know and i mean i think you touched on the projects you know i've been able to do it yourself but you can have some really great builders out there that aren't in touch with web3 and we, we only women discords every day. We we see our project work every day. Probably we're in the in the best place to actually like help them transcend into into web free. But I do believe in you know only talking about projects that you actually believe in, not taking anything. And you know, well, you let me mention projects. I mean, I'm not paid by them, but I actually believe in the teams on these projects, and I will. Yeah, and I think there's a big difference yeah. there too. You yeah, know exactly. What I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. got an army of hands. Hoddle, you've had your arm up. You got to be sore. What's going on? Well, I was just going on the advisor route with what Alex was talking about. Like, it's not even worth putting your neck out on the line for half of these projects. They're not going to exist in three weeks, three months, let alone. So that's why I went down the rabbit hole I did. I make memes. I don't need to put my name on anything. Alex can shit post. He doesn't put his name on anything. It's very easy to exist in this place and say, hey, oh, we got work. Yeah, but we're not sitting there being like, you got to have this. You got to have that. Like, you can do this strategically and not need to be like a shill and say, follow me at 5,000 followers or do this and I'll give away that. And it just doesn't need to even be like that. That just seems like new people trying to play catch up that have no idea how this ecosystem works. Yeah. And that's always the fear too. I know we got a ton of hands. So Frisk, what's going on? Hey, Izzy. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to tag on to that. I'm really pissed to miss the spaces last night. I, I was, COVID still getting to me. I had to go to bed early, but like the advisory thing is such an interesting, I don't want to call it an, an enigma, but I guess like, a, a sort of way that people are finding ways to make money in the space right now and also ways to help benefit other projects because like there are a lot of opportunities where you can do make more money than like what people would make having the average salary and like helping build up these projects but a lot of the time like Hoddle said and like all you guys have said there are a lot of these projects which won't be here in like a few months from now and won't be here almost at all ever the moment that they launch and mint out and so that reflects on you but in turn, it's also turned into like, I don't know, I, I guess I'll call it like brand deals, like like what people like like Instagram influencers do, where like they'll partner up with these pro- with these companies where they're selling jewelry or whatever. And like whether the company is good or not, 
it ends up pumping their own bags. And that's what I feel like a lot of these projects are doing is they're finding these people who have these influence. And Benny, you, you nailed on the head when you said like a lot of the time, these influencers, all they need to do is just connect people. And they just, that, and then they're considered an advisor. And that's all that it necessarily takes. And sometimes that's fine. Sometimes that's enough. Um, but like, it really will have like a toll on your reputation that like the number of ones that you do, especially for rugs or et cetera, et cetera. But I also think that there's an opportunity for these to be a sustainable role in the future for people who want to do these things. And like, we've seen the comeuppance of like things like marketing agencies in the NFT space or people becoming full-time advisors and stuff like that. I, we're still definitely in that gray area, area, but I'd love to see like whether or not people would love to do advising as a full-time thing or not, and whether it's even viable. I think it is at the moment. I mean, it sounds like the way people are paying, dude, if someone gave you 10 grand a month, like that's untaxed money at that point. Obviously you got to pay taxes on the longer term, but like, that's a bag. We got a bunch of hands still. King, what's going on? Yo, how you doing, man? So, yeah, so a um, quick one on the advisory rule, right? Um, when I started NFT a few months back, and my brother put me on, so he told me there's a few names you should watch out for and the projects to get on, but you need to actually do your research. And what I noticed, like, the bigger the name, the bigger the, um, the, bigger the followers. And these days, no one does their research. So, for example, now, like, so Big Brain, if you see him on a project, that project should probably be on the right path. But if you just go in blindly because you just see his name, then you're on your own. And you know how we go with the NFA? No, no one really gives a shit, shit about that. Now, everyone is just pushing, pushing, pushing. And the latest thread is even with, um, is even with um, Dylan, which is whatever he, he fords, it goes up. So everyone is going to go with that. They're all looking out for that now. Whatever he fords, we have to ape in. And I can bet you the next project he fords won't go up and people will complain. Yeah, so everyone needs to Oh, be yeah, he's going to catch yeah. so much flack for the next project that's openly exactly. funded and goes to zero. Like, he's, it's a lose-lose. It exactly. goes up after he funds it, he's smoked. goes down, he's even more smoked. Exactly. So it's something that one just needs to be careful about. So, yeah. Absolutely. Let's pass it over to Tony, and then we're going to hit fast. Oga <laughs> and Sean. Yo, what up, Easy? Thanks for having me up. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a few, thought, few thoughts in the matter. Um, and I have a question for Alex in a second. But, you know, really, I, I think that the term advisor is kind of, uh, it's been repurposed for this this Web3 space. And it's, for me personally, just on from a you know, consumer side of things, it looks like it's just this going to be the same, you know, Twitter paid promotion. Um, so the question for Alex is, I, so it sounds like you're getting paid salary maybe probably probably usd i don't know if they're paying you in tokens uh but really my question was like are they giving you whitelist are you going to buy into the project and do you think you have the responsibility at any time to let people know when you sell or if you plan to sell or, or kind of what your thoughts on that are yeah okay um yeah so like there's like a point in time where you go from like, should or like, should you do something versus like, can you do something like you can be an advisor for like really shitty projects. And like when we did the AMA with great coats, they did terrible. Like I could have gone that route, but the question became, should I go that route? Like there's a big difference between the two uh, avenues you take. So the project that I'm attached to is like, I'm like the least qualified motherfucker on that project. Like it's already a huge team. It's backed by like, they already have like VC funding from like Google, Coinbase, um, and, and and like their developers come from like Facebook, Google. Like the, the founders are like successful startups. Like they had all the right fucking things. And yeah, like if they're gonna give me opportunity to get some mint, I don't know. Like the mint is so far out of out of like the like we're so far away from mint that I don't even know how the mint is gonna go. Personally, it's gonna really depend on like how the market is at the time. But then we're gonna be minting. Dude, I could go on a whole shill zone. I don't want to go there, but yeah. So I hope that I answered your question. Yeah, no, that's it. Sounds yeah, it's that's 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 fair. And I'm just I'm and I'm not saying one way is right or the other. I'm just curious, like you know, as as we see these advisors and they're also you know considered influencers or at least have a big following. It's like okay, like how much are we gonna hold these people responsible in three months, six months after the mint? And you know, again, uh, 
you know, how much do we hold that person accountable? Um, but yeah, no, I definitely think you're taking, you're taking the right approach. And also I just want to add, um, I was kind of half joking, tweeted at you yesterday. Like you can, you can put a paywall on, on, on Twitter spaces, but I think what you do, it's super valuable to the community. And as a community member, like that's, that's something I'd be willing to pay for. If, and then, um, you know, so if you're able to grow a following that way and just stay true to your, stay true to yourself and, and what you want to do and just knowing that people will support you that way you're not reliant on you know getting these endorsements or these you know these brand deals or these i think some of it though comes down to like that that walking a fine line between like what should be free content to engage inform and educate the space like content itself is valuable because of what you just kind of said too like you bring up something that's interesting when you talk like a paid space which sure a lot of people could do but at the same time like I'm so pro these being public and open settings because of the fact that it brings in new people and opens up opportunity for more people to hear about the space, what's going on, and start to get educated. I did want to give it quickly back to Alex. I know that that kind of was a question back at you about your spaces, but I want to get it passed over to Fast as well. I know he's got some insight into the advising consulting aspect, so definitely curious for the perspective. Shillin, what's going on? And yeah, and dude, I will always keep that free. I don't want to get a paywall because that once you add a paywall, bro, your avenue just ends. Like the, the everything stops at that point in time. And the other problem is like we were talking about it earlier, like intentions of people. And the, like the bigger the following, the, like the more opportunities I know are thrown their way. So like it's getting really scary at this point to like add speakers. And I'm almost debating on just like being like a soloist out there and just like starting from ground zero like that. But I, I dude, I, it's, it's like really weird territory at this point. Real quick on the content front, I just wanted to throw in too, super quick, uh, paywall content generally doesn't work unless you are already putting out a bunch of content for free and the payroll, paywall content is just a little cherry on top because I have a background in content. I've seen that play out before and a lot of people are under the impression that paywall content is actually good for like the NFT space. They tell us, hey, you should just paywall the content with your NFT, but that would actually cause the NFT's value to go down. You want the content to be free. You want it to be on as many platforms as possible. You want as big of an audience as you possibly can get. I just want to throw that in there. I know it's not a content show, but yeah. It's a good conversation, though, because right now, almost the entirety of the soul space is driven by content. Like projects are selling out that get onto spaces and do well, and projects are flopping that are not doing well with socials and not getting into conversations. But fast, what's going on? Uh, yo, what's up, guys? It's fast. Um, so, yeah, I want to, like, touch on things. Um, I think that, you know, okay, I'm somebody that, you know, has taken a few advisor roles. And so I think that I'm, like, kind of qualified to, like, answer some of this stuff. But 100%. And I want to just reiterate um, again, like, bro, there's no issue with doing this. Like, every space has these roles in it. And that was kind of the thing we were talking about at the start. So I'm definitely curious, like, to hear some of your thoughts on kind of, like, paywalling content gating some of that stuff what actually like from an advisor standpoint what do you consider the difference between a consultant and an advisor i guess or even a promoter yeah for sure so i think a lot of people have like the okay so first of all i want to say like um the amount of like advisor roles versus like the ones that i've been offered um is like i i literally only a small percent um i have been offered uh, over six figures um, to get on a project that was like knowingly going to be a rug. Uh, these guys had like absolutely everything planned out. They, they came in with like this plan that was like, we're going to use your platform. We're going to launch a rug in the ecosystem. We'll pay you a hundred K. We'll like fake DMS and like everything. Like they were, they literally had like a whole plan for how that I could like get out of it and like still have like a presence in the ecosystem and like they could like then leave. Like these guys were like obviously very smart in like how they were doing it. Like they hit me up on, on telegram and, and then like there was like basically no trace that you could really do. But I think that it's fucking crazy because obviously I didn't fucking take it. Um, that's just not, like, not what I, what I want to do. And a lot of people like uh, bashing me on like the great goats thing, but I think that I I didn't like sell out for like some huge bag. Um, I think that the great goats team they they actually have like stuff that they're working on and like being able to like listen and hear the steps of how they want to make stuff happen. Like not everything's like 
thrown out in the public. And there's a reason for that, right? There's a lot of projects that come into the ecosystem and <clears throat> they're promising to like bridge the gap. But like, what does that truly mean? And, and there's like different ways that I've like heard people take it. Like, for instance, Yeah Tigers. Yeah Tigers offered me uh, like 150 soul or 200 soul uh, just to like be on their team. But then whenever I looked at their roadmap, they they had like giving back soul revenue, which was like illegal. I mean, it's a security. I don't even know how that got past Magic Eden, to be honest. But they only removed it because I said something. But then I told them like, their, their roadmap was like basically just merch and, and the guy had like no way to get from point A to point B. So I literally told him like, I don't care about your soul. Like I, I cannot be on this project. Like you guys have no clue what you're doing. So I think that I've definitely like walked away from a lot of projects, but I don't know. There's like, there's a lot of fuckery that goes on in the like advising space. And whenever I do like advising, uh, I try to do stuff from like literally A to Z. So a lot of people don't know, I have probably eight years or so of like marketing online. Like I've, I've done this for like a long time. I think that that's why like I excel at it, but things from like, you know, getting them in contact with uh, like, you know, extra artists that they may need to commission stuff or like websites or anything. I, I have like a website team that can do stuff. So I have, fast. Like, Is it more just like a connection effort there when you get brought onto teams, putting you in touch with other people and projects and capabilities? Or is it like, I'm just trying to understand, I guess, really what like, or are you actively telling them like how to navigate the Solana space if they're new to it? Or is it both? Yeah, for sure. So typically whenever I like meet up with a project, I do like a call with them. And I basically tell them to like, tell me everything that they're going to do. And, and I write everything down and then I completely just like fucking destroy them and like close doors. Like I tell them the shit that's going to work, the shit that's not going to work. If something's stupid, I tell them that it's fucking stupid. Like it's basically like a no filter, like kind of ordeal because I feel like that is the stuff that a project really needs to hear. Um, and so, yeah, it's it, sometimes it is connections, but there's like so much more to it. I feel like if you're an advisor for a project and you want to make that effort, then like ultimately you will make that effort, whether that's connecting them to your team of like website designers, connecting them with developers or even finding them like new stuff that they need, or even like looking at the content that they actually post. There's a lot of like things that you see good projects. There's some bad do, Twitters, but... man. There's some bad Twitters for these projects, and I think that definitely has a massive effect on stuff. Um, I think Shillin, once again, man, like I'm talking to a lot of the good stuff that Shillin shares. I think socials are a big part of it. We see mutual followers and what that number looks like, and we've seen success in projects that have high numbers of that. So, I mean, it's it's certainly interesting to hear from a lot of these different perspectives. I know we still got a few more hands here, so I wanted to pass it over to Ogaga. I have no idea how to say your name. You've had your hand up for a minute. What's going on? Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, it's um, Okaga. Uh, you tried to. Um, yeah, on this um, advising issue, I, to an extent, I think um, it's um, projects or people that have done you know, successful projects or have, like I'll say, insights of products should be like reached out to for advising because most times those guys are the ones who have experience and know like uh, being like under the heat of the seat of um, running projects where if they are successful of that field so those guys like have more insight on projects i think the reason why we are seeing more influencers getting advisory roles is because most like recently it's mostly about their reach and whatever and projects as well like they need they need them exposure and another reason why some of these advisory roles are not really like i'll say um stated by these influencers because to an extent there's no there's not much like i'll say backlash if you do something bad in the space i mean Months ago, we were seeing like influencers or people who were doing like um, undisclosed like shillings and pump and dumps and whatever, but to, to, um, up to today, they're still like up there in the space. So the incentive for like them to not like disclose the, um, the rules on these projects is like is high because to an extent, we kind of forget about the best of the deed like months ago and then we're still like chilling with them and flowing with them. So for projects, for these um, um, influencers, they can like usually like get these rules do whatever and just like you know get the uncut of the project and do what they want to do i think it's it's a bit difficult to do for i'll say for like getting a good project but you can really maybe it will it will, i think it boils down to personal like preference because 
a lot of the projects right now, I'll say most projects don't really have like their like I'll say concrete plan on how to navigate within the next three or four months. I mean, the space is still like evolving. We have gone through different methods and whatever. So if you are getting these advisory roles, you can it's I'll say it's based based on you on if you like believe in the project personally, if you feel like maybe whatever they are doing because some of the projects that have been bef been on before, you know, they have done a lot of things, they have tried, they have failed, then they're kind of navigating like to something new. So it's it's not like I'll say it isn't like a clean cut like um decision for you to like take over a project, but there's some things we can see though, like maybe projects that you say um that just explain into the meta and you kind of get arbitrary rules. I think people get I those rules. I got to get some backlash. I think it is kind of unique for each person as well. Like, there's obviously a lot of different factors that go into these things, and I don't think there's a clear-cut answer. It's like, what's a good move to or a bad move? Honestly, like, I think a lot of it is the transparency. Some people do a lot better than others about sharing what teams are involved with, even what's a promo, what's not. But Running Man, what's going on? I mean, my main thing started pretty much. Well, it was before Oikmit Meta, but Oikmit Meta contributed contributed to, to quite a lot. Um, I mean. There's a lot of a lot of teams of them weak pull in like tens of thousands or so, and you've got projects that are like struggling out there that deserve our support and and pretty much for free as well. I think if you've got the skills that you can advise and you can bring value to projects that actually deserve it, I think you should do it. I mean, I'll put it to fast now. Who, who would you say is stronger, fast, the Great Goat team who did generated twenty seven thousand soul or Soul Sniper X Y Z? who've been building that product for six months, haven't generated any, any sort of mints, just give it out there for free and, you know, constantly build on a daily basis and, and communicate with the community and actually make a difference. I mean, you know, getting paid for it is one thing, but w do you ever, like, add your time to projects that actually deserve it for free and, like, put it out there like that? Oh, for sure. Um, whether I decide to like work with a project or not, like each of them will have the same like consultant, like kind of call, uh, to like, kind of like roughly shape them. I think that, <clears throat> you know, getting a first call, like you should, you, you, I mean, I've never charged for like a first call, right. That that's like normally where you get an idea of like a project and you see like where the direction that they are wanting to take and sure you can like tear it apart, but like. After that first call, depending on how well that the team is or how um, how much that they're, like, willing to, to like, change the things that they're doing, like, I think that sets the tone for if it's, like, a project that I would, like, advise for or not. Also, are you talking about Soul Sniper DAO or, like... XYZ. Or, like, the, the, oh, XYZ. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean that, they've, got, they've got proof of concept for the last six months. I mean, when you say, like, charging for a call, I mean, just, like, you've seen what they've been doing for six months. You know, they've been constantly building. They've got proof of concept. They actually deserve some support, especially if they're going to keep providing this tool for free. And I'm just using those as an, as an excuse because I work with them. I mean, I mean, I've never been paid. I always give my time to them. You know, I'll, I'll generate whitelists for them. I'll go out there and, and I'll get promotions for them completely free because I believe that that's a project that actually deserves our support and deserves to be looked after. As a, like a custodian of the space, we like owe it to them to actually like support them. So, like, you know... I'm talking about advising, like, you know, just helping them on an ongoing basis. It's not like taking a call and then getting paid after. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Is that ever something that you do for the projects? Yeah, I mean, um, currently I'm, like, advising for, for like, Balloonsville for, like, completely free. And um, there's, like, they're, like, changing. I mean, the, the platform that I, like, basically introduced to them and, like, the direction is uh, – like they can't escape this narrative that's been created where anytime anybody hears Balloonsville, they think of like a rug, but now they're like creating a whole platform. I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about, but they're like creating an entire platform where instead of it being like, Oh, that's a rug. There'll be like actual like information and like, like a whole like platform that's being made to like help prevent rugs and like, say like, Hey, like, this is like the fucking story and this is how you can like avoid it in the future and like creating a platform that's like more welcoming for new people that have no clue about Solana to like learn about it, learn how the NFTs and the crypto works and like how to prevent uh, stuff like that in the future and like playing into their, into their like lore. Um, 
And that's like something that like I introduced to them. Uh, we, we like went over like a couple different options, but we felt like this one was like yeah. the best one. And I mean, I mean, yeah, like I worked for them for completely free. I'd say balloons are made backed up by Magic Eden in any case. So, you know, haven't they got like a full tier support from Magic Eden? Because basically, they, you know, that's de rug by Magic Eden. I'm more talking about like projects out there than actually like independent, actually trying to make a difference, you know, try and add Running value. Man, in I do space. think like this conversation could go for hours. I do think there's not an easy answer to it, to be honest. Um, so I don't mean to cut you guys off. I'm sure that we could have quite literally multiple shows on this topic. I want to pass it quickly to Frisk and then Shake. I'm curious to hear a couple other perspectives on this. And then maybe we dive into some market talk. I mean, uh, we know Yeah Tigers was brought up. Shout out their creator listing his profile picture and the other four ones that he was holding for sale on secondary. But Frisk, what's going on? Yeah, I don't want to keep this topic going too uh, much longer because I know we've already kind of like delved into a lot of it. But I, I just want to say Running Man, touching on a bit of what you were saying about how like you work with Soul Sniper. Um, I, I'm going to, uh, I guess, t- chime in with that there too. So I have worked for several projects for free. The first project that I've been actually getting paid for is the project, like, I'm not going to shill, I promise, is Liberty Square. It's the first advising project I've taken on as part of equity. But my, I guess, point is, what I'm trying to say is, there's a difference, I'd say, between advising a project and there's just, I'd say, being a good community member. And so, for example, I worked for an ETH project called Neo Tokyo for a while. I was doing outreach for them, and now I work for another ETH project called uh, Metaverse HQ. But there's not, like, I'd say, I don't think that's necessarily advising. I think that's more so being a part of their community and working for the community in return. They'll give you whatever compensations that they can. So, for example, uh, I get paid in whitelist spots. I don't get paid in, like, USDC or something. Um, and I think that there's a difference there between the advising part, between advising and between just being, like, a, a general bigger part of their community. And I know a lot of people who do that, who do that as well, like on the each side of things, the soul side of things, like they just find a great community and like they work for them, but they don't necessarily work for, uh, I, I guess, the monetary aspect. They work because they like it there and they want to build up that community and build the value that goes into it and whatever compensation they get in return. I don't know if I would classify it as advising, I guess is what I would say. I would say it's more so just being a part of a certain sector of their community and their team. And I think that's another good conversation because we do see alpha hunters collaboration managers discord mods and more all doing a lot of the stuff for communities for free and gaining value whether it's from those whitelist spots or other access but i want to pass it to shake shake how you living good bro what's up guys good i just realized this whenever i read the words liberty square i swear i hear them in frisk voice because he says it every time every time he says it every time dude it's it's working good yeah yeah yeah. that's that's branding dude um but Dude, I, I like I know I hopped in late. Like, just a little advice if people are, um, you know, have have their own projects. Like, I don't think you should really pay for people's advice. I think there's probably like point zero zero one percent of people in any like industry that weren't paying for their advice. Like, I would pay Gary V to advise me on marketing. I would pay literally no one else here. Like, no offense to anybody here, but I can ask easy. Like, if I asked easy for advice, he would probably give me advice for free. So. I would talk to you anytime, any day, my yeah. friend. Like, and that, and I would give people advice for free, right? I'm literally doing it fucking right now. I'm getting up here and giving advice. People like giving advice. It feels good to give advice. It like you shouldn't you shouldn't pay for advice. If you yeah, want to here's, here's another thing though that I want to yeah, like yeah. step on from that is that like hold on, bro. Hold on, fast. You are fast, bro. Fast on the fucking trigger, dog. Anyways, if you want to pay for promo, I think that like you should be clear about what you're paying for it because. If, if someone's saying, oh, I'm an advisor, they might try to justify like tens of thousands of dollars when really you're just paying them for promo, which should be priced accordingly. So that's just my advice after having done my own project and like helping on several projects like Catalina Wales. Like it's most people, like if you're an, if you hire an advisor, you should get clear deliverables on what they're expected to do. And if it's only get on meetings and give you their advice, like I think most of the, most times you don't need to pay those people. That's my opinion. Yeah, but something that I'd like to bring up is that, like, you said that you would only pay, like, Gary V, but, like, you're not going to get in contact with Gary V. Like, you would need somebody else as a stepping stone in order to, like, even make that kind of connection happen. So I feel like you say that there's no use, but I really feel like there is a use there. I don't know if you want me to respond to that. Easy. <laughs> I, Go I, ahead. I, really, I, I enjoy this dialogue. Uh, if you're open to having it, I enjoy this conversation. Oh, he left. Damn. I was going to say. I, I was eager to hear what Shake had to say, but 
Sounds Are like you kidding me? Why did he leave? Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. Oh, All right, bad, Jake, bad. you good? Um, I was like, bro, you <laughs> left it. <laughs> you said easy. Oh my god, and then just left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, my bad. I mean, so um, yeah, fast. That's a good point. Like, you're right. I couldn't get in contact with Gary V, and I. So I guess like my response to that is like, it, again, this goes to the deliverables. If you're gonna hire an advisor, like and all you're hiring them for is their connections. Again, I think you could do it for free, bro. Like I've we're, I, I've talked to several projects who hit me up and they're like, hey, I wanna to talk to Soul Big Brain. I say, dude, DM him and ask him for advice. Every single project, 100%, Soul Big Brain has responded to them. That's like one of the most well-connected guys in the space. For free, he responds, right? So again, I don't think that you should be paying someone 100K for their connections. If you are, it's a fucking waste of money, bro. Developers are expensive. NFT projects should raise money and fucking build things. They should develop things. They should pay fucking the people who are doing the work, the people who are sending the tweet, writing the code, making the art. They should make the money. And I'm bearish on any project that pays fucking fast to God. Like, no offense, bro, but that pays you 100K. Like, I'm hella bearish if they're paying you for an advisor. I'm not even trying to throw shots, bro. Like, it doesn't have to be you. Yeah, see, see that's the thing, though, is that, like, you think that advising is, like, purely based off of, like, just promoting, like, like all that stuff that you said is like stuff that I actively do. Like everything from the front end is like from A to Z is like typically done by me. I'm the one sending the tweets. I'm the one creating them. I'm the one meeting with the artists, creating the scenes. I'm the one that's looking at their art, making sure that there's connections within like the branding, the lore, everything that you can like bring through, getting them in contact with other artists to help them. Like most of the prime projects only have one artist and they're trying to like use that. But you need artists that can actually mimic the style because you want things to be able to like flow. Consistency I mean, bro, is like what you're saying is you're the, the CEO. <laughs> like you're you're the CEO of the company if you're doing all that shit. But I know some people have their hands up, so I don't know, Alex, what do you have to say? Bro? Yeah, see the thing is is that I handle like only things from the front end. Like I don't tell a project really like what their roadmap should be or like the direction that uh, like I don't I don't use my connections like that. Like sure I can I can maybe get them in contact with like a couple developers, but like most of the time these developers are, are wicked busy and I can't tell a project like what fucking vision that they should have. I, I just fill in the fill in the blanks and, and I help like purely with how it's perceived from like the people on the front end. E- even making Discord servers and like and like doing all that. Like it's it's kind of like an all in one of like how it's perceived, like how you feel. For instance, like the, the dreamers uh, community that I was like advising advising for completely free, by the way, he, he's a soul bots holder, whatever I, I was advising for him for free doing stuff. Like I created a discord bot. I, I like went and I, I have people that can like make all kinds of stuff, but I got a discord bot that was literally perfect within their lore where, you know, you had to be on at a certain time was building engagement for that, for Twitter. And you had to solve a riddle in order for you to even get access to the discord server, which was like a two for one kind of thing because if you just made like a temporary link, somebody was going to steal it and then go and scam. So instead we gated the discord. So that way it would always be this link, but instead like people would have to actually do something and participate and uh, engage in the project in order to like, do like this transcend to like solve it, to like be able to get access to the rest of the discord. Like, like all that shit is like my ideas and stuff. Like there's so much more than just fucking retweeting. I something do agree. Or, like, there's a lot more to it. I do agree. I do agree, and I understand where this conversation's going. Like I said at the start, I did anticipate some uh, some emotions from everyone involved because everyone has very differing opinions here. But this dialogue is good because a lot of people look at a lot of these tweets and just see like, oh shit, this person retweeted it. It's got a bang. This thing's got to be a banger. And this is the exact conversation that helps people realize like there's a lot more behind the scenes, regardless of what side of the table you're on here. Like I said, I support it all. I'm here for marketing as a service. I get it. I'm here for not doing it. I'm here for doing it. But I wanted to pass it to Shillin Villain. I know Shake was trying to hand it over. Shout out to co-host Shake. What's going on, Shillin? I 100% agree. If you need advice for your project, just reach out to people. They'll nine times out of ten respond. And then getting back to, like, doing shit for free, just because you do shit for free doesn't mean you you have to, like, disrespect yourself almost. Like, we're doing these AMAs that absolutely fucking bang with these projects. But that's only because we're only accepting if you reach like a certain social requirement and you also accept the terms that it's going to be done in like the most beneficial way for the AMA to succeed, like two hours before Mint when everyone's super hyped. So we're not we're not like we're also bringing value, even though it's doing it for free, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this space is a great example of it. These conversations and people in the space are openly having open dialogue. 
I don't I don't see a reason to token gate this shit or put like some form of ticket for spaces because I think there's so much value that this is advice. Like Shake said, like we're getting up here and talking about our experience in the last year. Solana's been around for just over a year from an NFT standpoint. Token's been around longer, but just like in general, a lot of this stuff is these conversations help people learn, which I'm a massive fan of. But I wanted to pass it to ZK. ZK, what's happening? What's up, Easy? How's it going? I just wanted to hop in and say, like, I fully agree with uh, Shake and Alex that, like, I even I get hit up like a bunch asking projects that are offering to pay me, and I, I just say no because it also creates a conflict of interest. Like, the way you should get paid is like a whitelist spot, a few whitelist spots. So that way, you have like equity and everyone's incentives are aligned correctly. And like, I think it's just uh, if someone's willing to pay you for a promotion, it creates like an organic community which will lead to paper hands and like a failed mint or you know, a low floor price. And I, I would say the only exception, it would be like someone like Gary Vee or even like Frank, that they have super successful projects and you actually want their genuine advice. But most times, like, they're not going to charge you. Like, they put enough content out there where if you're listening to Spaces, if you're on Twitter, like, you can get all the kind of the good tips and, you know, projects hop in here all the time and other spaces and ask. And I would just say, like, it's a red flag if a project's willing to pay, like, 100K to someone um to to just get it going because like at the end of the day what's their real motivation they are they trying to make a community or are they just trying to get a check you know so i would just say that and i would say if, if i was going to pay anyone it'd be alex frisk what's happening uh i'll preface this by saying i actually agree wholeheartedly with like what shake was saying like i i don't i don't disagree i think that like advice is something that and i, I remember what alex when like I'm sorry to bring this up, man, but we're telling Renegade, like, when, when I first met you and you were working with them, like, and, um, like, you were talking about how, like, you felt that your advice was just something you wanted to give them because you felt like it. I admired that so much because it's so true. It's just something that, like, you wanted to do that was, that, that meant a lot to you. Um, but I, I guess the thing that, uh, if, if, if I can ask Shake this, like, what do you feel is the, the issue here in regards to pro this, this normalization of projects and people and advisors getting paid, like, 30, 50, 100K for a project. Do you think that is an issue in regards to advisors marketing themselves that way? Or do you think that's an issue in regards to projects setting that pre-notion that it's it's become a standard for people to get paid that much for a project? Um, so I don't think I don't think there's an issue with uh, with with calling it advising, but like my my thing wasn't even at fast. Like I know he's trying to clap back because of I, I don't even know you to be honest, and I have no no like ill will towards you like bro so like i'm not even, i don't know what you do but my thing is more like if a project is calling someone an advisor in my experience at least most of the time they don't do shit all they do is get on meetings and like you know maybe a couple meetings here and there and they're just all they're doing is giving advice as the name advisor you know but if you're like running marketing and like you know organizing devs and like creating like discord bots like that's its own business that is like to me not really uh, necessarily what an advisor does so if it's just like a semantics thing and you're calling yourself an advisor because you wear a lot of different hats, like, I mean, whatever, then it's just a semantics thing, I guess. But my, what I've seen like is that people projects give people too much money because of under the guise of being an advisor when really they just want this person to promote it to their audience. And I think if you're clear with like, as, as a, you know, company and an employee, if you're clear with each other and you have a contract and you say, here is like, your position and here's what you're doing that a lot of them would save money because they would realize that you can get promo for a lot cheaper than you can get like this, like quote unquote advisor where it's just some guy like me who you're paying six figures to for like a month of work. You know, it's like you, you, you should just be like very clear with it. And, and I know how it is in the web three space. A lot of shit is like really casual. And, you know, I've been personally like burned a lot by not setting clear expectations, not communicating, not doing contracts. And like, that was more my thing is just like, be clear with what someone, what you're paying someone to do, because when you write it down on paper, a lot of times you'll realize like, oh shit, I'm paying this guy like basically to like give me some advice and tweet about my project a few times. And I don't even know if he's going to tweet about it a few times, right? It's like, you're, you're getting fucking hosed, bro, if, that, if, you're, if that's what's happening. And I know for a fact that's happened to other projects. Like, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not speaking on anything with Fast in particular because I, I don't know him or, or his projects, but I just know there's people in the audience who like work at projects or doing their own project in the future. Just, just my whole thing is just be like upfront with people. Like, even if it's more awkward upfront and you make, and it's transactional, like, yes, bro, it is transactional. If you're, you're paying somebody for a service, like you should be very clear what that service is. And then if you're not paying them, like the same thing that 
Alex and uh, ZK said, like, dude, I remember the remnants came to me and they wanted me to like get a percentage. And they were like, hey, bro, like we want you to get on board as an advisor. And I had been so burned by people asking me to be their fucking advisor or different things. I told the remnants, look, I'm going to help you as much as I have time and you don't pay me anything. And it worked out like so well, like, and I'm still friends with them. There's no like feeling of like when I've done some advising things, it's like, and it's not well-defined. It, it can lead to like people feeling like, damn, what am I really paying him for? Or what? And then me being, well, what am I really supposed to do? Like you need to have like deliverables in my whole thing. Like this is speaking from experience of I have my own project. I've advised other projects and I've done this wrong like 10 times, you know, like, so that's just kind of the angle I'm coming at it from. What, what you call yourself isn't really it. It's just a matter of like communicating like the expectations and, and deliverables. That was a great answer, man. Thank you. I wanted to quickly pass it to Fast, so we're going to hit a quick room reset and kind of move on from the consulting advising role. Got a few questions for all the speakers that I'm excited to kind of dive into, but Fast, real quick, what's going on? Yeah, for sure. Something that I think that um, like a lot of people don't know as well, you guys are like saying these huge like fabricated numbers. Like I have never made more than $15,000 from a project. Like you guys keep saying 100K this and, and 50K that and like like I've, I've literally never made more than like 15 grand from a project and like that is like a lot of money to me. As well as like, I would say that I'm like very transparent about everything. Like I literally told people how much I made from, from great goats, uh, before, like, uh, a lot of people in this space would, would never even use like hashtag ad or even disclose like, like paid shills or anything. And like, because of like the stuff that I was doing and like holding some of those people accountable, th that's the only reason that those people started doing it. But yeah, I have to go hop on a call in a second, but. I don't know why you guys are laughing, but I don't know. No, bro. I do appreciate you sharing the information and kind of your, your take on it all. It's definitely appreciated that you have value and experience coming from that area. So thank you for joining today. Appreciate obviously all the conversation. It's been extremely helpful and I'm sure a lot of people are very glad to hear it. So shout out you, shout out everyone on this dialogue real quick. We're going to hit a quick room reset and then dive into some NFT trade talk, some fun things that are going on with the market and how we feel about stuff. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Solana Made Easy, Monday to Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern time. And we're still cooking. So real quick, appreciate all the conversation on consulting, advising, all that fun jazz back and forth, etc. But real quick, taking a look at the market here. Today we did see Yeah Tigers creator and founder list four of their own NFTs, including their profile picture. I'm curious what people's thoughts are. Should it be all right for you to sell your own project? Is that a conflict of interest? How does that make you feel as an individual? Uh, personally, I'm not a fan of it. We did somehow see positive price action. They went from 1.1 to 1.5 after the founder listed theirs. So I don't know what the market's thinking, but I think this just shows that no one has any idea what the hell is going on anymore. I wanted to pass it to Nami, then we'll circle back to fast. Nami, what's going on? Um, I just want to say that's fucking hilarious. He's claiming, uh, to not, like, that's not his shit, but he's also saying he right click safe. Like, sure, it's his IP, but why the fuck are you right-click saving as a founder? And to touch on your question, I think it's fine if you sell. I think it's terrible if you, like, sell all your fucking bags and just have none of your own project. That's a little concerning. <laughs> but, yeah. And fast, you're a fucking clown, bro. <laughs> no, you're a clown. Bro, That's it. Another thing, another thing, like, touching on that is that, like, some of you guys are like backing saying like, oh, somebody should just get like whitelist in the, in the project. But like, who do you think that's going to get dumped on? That's going to get dumped on the holders or the followers or whatever. Like a project should never be giving out like huge amounts of whitelist spots because ultimately it's just going to get sold off of those off of those like followers. Like people are going to end up just losing money off of that. That's like the definition of like a pump and dump. What's going on, Alex? Yeah, so I think it's actually a much better idea to give equity into the company. And also, you need to time gate their exit for their equity. So, like, you need to have, like, one month you can sell 25%. period or a vesting period. I do right. agree completely. Yeah, so what does that do? That means it's going to keep you invested into the company. And it also means it's going to make you consider to make it do well because you're still invested. Yeah, I think you're right on the money there. ZK, what's happening? Not much, man. What's going on? Uh, going back, uh, I'll leave the, the fast and consulting thing uh, in the past. But I would just say, yeah, it's just like think about why someone sells NFT, especially at that price. Like it's a different story if it's, you know, like SMB or something like that. But 
the end of the day, if you're selling it, you're telling the market that the future expected value is less than the current value. And that's why you're selling it, especially for like founders doing it. It's just an ugly look. It's kind of like a CEO selling their own stock in a company. It's like it, it just destroys your incentive. To, and it really, I think, should show the community that uh, you shouldn't really trust someone who's selling it. Right. If, if they're trying to convince you to hold on to their project long term, but they're selling in the market. It's just like a pretty obvious, like negative. You know, I don't think anyone could really spin that as a positive. Uh, that, that's my two cents there, easy. No, I mean, it was, it's an interesting dynamic, bro. Like when I first saw the tweet, I was like, there's no way in hell this guy's actually selling his profile picture. And it looks like he was. Scotty, what's happening? Then we'll hit Frisk and Manny. Yeah, I think it's very short-sighted for any kind of public figure of a project, especially their own project, to sell NFTs. I've, I've personally never sold any of the ones of projects that I've kind of been uh, publicly available for. Um, just, I think it's a bad look, and it's like at the end of the day, you got your paycheck from that. Uh, you know, it's kind of sentimental to me to hold these things, um, no matter what happens. Um, and I, I, I think it's just uh, really foolish. It's a weird conversation, man. I like, I don't know how to feel about it, but let's pass it over real quick. Frisk, what's happening? Sir, I just want to clarify real quick. Easy. Did you say that the price floor went up after he listed it? Yeah. After the tweet went out, it went up like 0.3. That's fucking hilarious. Um, uh, yeah, no, that, I think this whole thing is ridiculous. I think it's actually laughable. Um, like uh, I agree with ZK. Like you know, when you like, it's it's not a look, good look from your from a founder who like, especially after a seed round, like you, you're you're dumping like the, your holdings this this soon after. Like I actually don't really have too many issues with uh like founders like selling their own product. I think it's not the worst thing, especially if it's like a free mint or something. Like I, I totally understand that, but like when you you just raised twenty thousand soul, <laughs> why do you fucking need six soul? <laughs> Bro, it's even less, like his profile picture. I think he listed for like one point eight or something. Like he floored it. Like that man wasn't <laughs> even trying to get like a rare. Like he was like, nah, no I'm way. good. <laughs> that's too funny. That's no. I, that's ridiculous to me. But it's so stupid that I I have to be like, you know, bro, if you're down that bad, go ahead. I hope you make your bag. I really do. <laughs> Manny, what's happening? Yeah, man, I don't know. I'm on the other side of the coin on this. Like, if it was a project that was actually worth a damn, and the founder just wanted to have more unique holders within the project who were like say if it was like a super ball on project and the founder held like 10 percent of the supply like ccv friends he owns a thousand of the v friends right but now like that could be looked as like a price fixing mechanism to their floor but that's a thousand people that aren't in v friends because they can't be right so i i'm totally okay with him selling it because nobody's thinking about, yeah, Tigers in six months, but if it was a quality project and they were selling it, I'm okay with that too, because that means that there's more people that can be in the community. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's, that's a good opposing point. So I haven't really considered it like that. That's an interesting take for sure. Hoddle, what's happening? I mean, I know project owners that'll be uh, PFPing more expensive NFTs. They don't even PFP their own project nowadays. You know, so I mean... Selling an NFT for one and a half soul, that's that's still on a poor status. We're here. Like this that's part and parcel around here, man. Man, it plays right into the pores. We love it. We're here for it. ZK, what's happening? No, I would just say looking at it from the other side, because you know, trying to kind of challenge my own bias, I would say if this was a publicity stunt, like it's working out perfectly. And like you said, the floor went up. And it's just like sus that if, if you're gonna list one, like you're gonna list your PFP and then, you know, talk about it. So I would say like maybe the FUD uh, to moon like situation is back given the last few minutes so you know i wouldn't put it past being a publicity stunt it's definitely questionable but you know it's a it's a weird time in, in solana bear market right now no it's an interesting dynamic we've seen a lot of movers and shakers here for sure so i mean real quick we, i know we got about 10 minutes left here i normally leave the last five to talk about uh whatever the hell we want to talk about your bags etc but before that i wanted to go around and just see in the last eight months to one year what is the worst thing that you've bought on Solana? This is something I've been thinking about a lot. I went through my, my trash wallets. I looked at some past transactions. And to be honest, man, I'm hyped. I'm proud. I bought uh, 22 crack possums in December. 
uh, off of their roadmap, where all of a sudden one could just vanish and die, and you get ashes because they overdosed. Very dark shit, but man, at the time, those things seemed like they were going to bang. Minted 22 of them. Uh, right after Mint, the Discord got deleted and the Twitter vanished. So that was sick. I was a huge fan of it. Uh, but yeah, definitely want to kind of pass it around and see what's the worst thing. I wanted to pass it over to Cody first. And I know Hoddle had his hand up. Cody, what's the worst thing you've ever bought on Soul? Dude, I, first of all, that's a really tough question because there's a ton of them. Like, there's last so much week, garbage. Dude, last week I, I minted 15 Matuki Rangers. And my Discord was in there telling me, hey, Cody, like that's stolen art. Like, that's not going to do anything. I said, guys, people don't care if it's stolen art. It's still going to moon. And uh, it didn't. So, like, you could ask me weekly, and I'll just tell you something that went to zero. So, I, I can't even think of what the number one worst is, though. That's valid. Ronnie, man, how about you? Well, I, I got whitelist on Solomanders. Bro. I'm not sure. I think that might have been over eight months ago now. But um, uh, the one I remember was um, Baby Turtles on New Year's Eve. We got it in the Nifty Discord. We got in our eggs. Somebody, <laughs> somebody was going to drop drop a project on Stealth on New Year's Eve. So we had our eyes peeled. We had Baby Turtles. And I, I got rugged while the fireworks were going off on New Year's Eve. So, yeah, that, that one sticks up. I love it. I love to ask. <laughs> I would pass the Shillin Villain, but he still rocks his as his profile picture. Scotty, what's happening? You already know. Goblin Labs, $600 per... Bro, I forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad one. That, that was like peak hype, too, when that happened. That was like adamant hype on that project. Soul was over was 200. Top signal right there. <laughs> Dylan, what's happening? Dude, I'm not at my computer. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a metaverse play. It was like a three-tiered metaverse play. And it was like at the time, like the visions were going for like thousands of soul. And I aped hard as fuck into the rare ones, like the super rares. I paid like 100 soul, 80 soul, 60 soul. And they all went to fucking zero. And that's when like soul was at like 200. So I spent so much fucking money on that shit. That was my portals. worst. Was that in Vero? I think no, the portals was vision. No, no, it was something worse than. Suits? No, it was worse than sweets. It was oh, like really bottom of the barrel digging. Yeah, the you're really I love it. For that one. Was it yeah. like the business loft club or some shit like that? No, it was even worse than that. Holy it was, fuck. Dude, it was on Magic Eden Launchpad. Like when Magic Eden Launchpad wasn't diluted to shit. Uh, dude, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, oh Just... was it the, uh, the, the like city highs, high rise one? Heavenland. Oh, Heavenland. Bro, Heavenland. Don't worry about it. Just know Metaverse isn't the play. We're not going to see a working Metaverse until Grand Theft Auto launches their own. Frisk, what's happening? So I made a lot of bad plays. Like, pretty much everything I've bought on this chain is just complete garbage to me at this point. But the worst play I've made so far, some of you guys know this already, um, I used to own a Mutant Ape, and I sold it at a pretty good price. And I wormholed the money to Solana, and I bought two SMBs. And that, that was the literal top signal. They've only gone down in USD since. I was like... I literally marked the top. They've just completely gone fucking down right after that. <laughs> Flipping a mutant, which at its peak was like 50 grand for two SMBs, which at their peak was, what, like 10? I, I, sold, I sold the mutant at 15 ETH, which at the time was 55 grand, which honestly <laughs> isn't, even, it isn't even bad. That's the thing. But like after that, 15 ETH turned into like 100 grand, and then you obviously had ApeCoin drop and shit. And every, I could have been an ape fest for fuck's sakes. And SMBs in turn have just, you know, I'm not going to sold the project. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, nah, Mary, what's happening? Then we'll hit ZK and then give the last couple of minutes here for uh, people to talk about any potential trades. I know today's show wasn't very trade heavy, but I hope everyone's enjoyed it so far. What's happening? Dude, Tamaki Apes, dude. It was right when I had just switched to like full time soul. Were those like the like, left facing ones too? They were awful, dude. It was awful. I bought it at 12, dude. I bought the fucking top at 12. They're sitting at like. 0.98 or something and it's like oh the raffles they're so sick they're absolutely not sick dude send them to zero i mean it sounds like they're already on the way there zk what's happening yeah so i'm just gonna hop in and say like i got rugged from a whitelist token i don't think too many people could say that but there there here's a trade there was this uh if you guys remember blue terra it was like a land Whoa. project no. in the bahamas it was a 20 soul mint, and then the whitelist token was like two Solana, and it was a pretty limited supply. So my thinking was like, oh, someone's going to pay 20 Solana for this. Like two souls are probably a good buy on the whitelist token. I fucking aped into like over 30 of them, 
and then it just went quiet like they were supposed to come up with a mint and then it just never panned out and like the discord is like kind of alive kind of dead but i mean i got rugged on a whitelist token and then the other one i would say is like shrimp society i was in a coffee shop in miami and i saw like if you own shrimp society you get 20 percent off i was like wow this is real life adoption like this is before phantom mobile was out i went ran home i fucking sweep the floor and now like i spent it was back when solana was like way higher and uh I probably went like down two, three hundred so on on that shit, but yep, lived to fight another day. Everyone's got the Devil stories. Kids. Which Devil Kids, bro? Didn't a Tayo trade like five Tayos for like the rank three? Yeah, there was some famous tweet out there for that. That's that's got to burn. That one hurts, bro. Their whitelist tokens were going for like fifteen too, but I think we all got these damn stories at this point. It's always a little bit of fun to think back on them. I wanted to hit Running Man real quick before we wrap here. Running Man, what's happening? Well, yeah, first, I was going to say that the, the creator in the whitelist market probably cost me about 100 sol, but I was, I was going to ask, did, didn't you mean Pixelmon? Didn't, didn't you mean Kevin? I'm still Kevin? a proud owner of Pixelmon, <laughs> unrevealed, sitting in a hidden folder. I refuse to look at them. I minted seven between two and three each. Dude, oh, wow. there, there, we all make mistakes. there was a guy who minted one that didn't, didn't, didn't even appear, and he went in Discord asking if he'd minted land. Yeah, that's that's some opium right there. <laughs> yeah, that one hurt a lot. Uh, I'm still bullish on my Pixelmon. Cyber yeah, it's coming back. The promised land. Don't worry, bro. We're going to be playing this game in 2029. I can't wait. I got no doubt. Bullish on builders. But <laughs> on that note, shout out everyone for tuning in today. We're going to wrap this episode. I appreciate you all. ton of great dialogue today on consulting versus advising and everything in between. Shout out everyone keeping it somewhat tame and somewhat uh, respectable, I guess you could call it. We're back tomorrow to wrap up the week. 5 p.m. Eastern time. Solana made easy. Shout out all the speakers. We'll catch you all tomorrow.